Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family, and good morning to our guests and friends who have joined us today. We thank God for the privilege of, of worship. It's not about us, it's about Him. We have come to give Him thanks and praise for all that He has done for us. And we are happy that many of you have joined us for this time of praising and thanking God and hearing from, from God. The title of the message today is Saved to be a Blessing to Others. Saved to be a Blessing to Others. God made each of us unique. There's no other person among the seven billion people on this earth just like you or just like me. Our uniqueness is not just for our personal benefit, but for the benefit of others. As Christians, God gave us spiritual gifts, talents, abilities, and experiences so that he can use us to be a blessing to others. We were saved by God to serve others. The greatest accomplishment and the greatest thrill in life is to know that you are being used by God in the service of others. Academy Award-winning actor Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington, a strong Christian, was a featured speaker at a Christian men's conference in Orlando, Florida, just about a week ago. Here's a quotation from his address. At 66, getting ready to be 67, having just buried my mother, I made a promise to her and to God not just to do good the right way, but to honor my father and my mother by the way I live my life the rest of my days on this earth. I'm here to serve, to help, to provide. Denzel Washington understood very clearly his mission as a Christian, that it is to serve and to help others. The problem many of us have is that we get so busy that we do not have time to serve others and be used by God. Our plans, our dreams, our goals, our ambition are so time-consuming that we can't find the time to be used by God in serving others unless we are being paid to do it. I want to use the life of Joshua as an example of what it takes to be used by God. Here are four secrets of being used by God. 
coming to us from the first chapter of, of Joshua. First, let go of doubt. Doubt is a great enemy of God's plan for our life. Doubt limits potential. Doubt causes procrastination. Doubt causes us to miss God's best for our life. Sometimes we say to ourselves, I doubt that God could use me in a great way to advance his kingdom by being a blessing to others. And we start coming up with all kinds of excuses and doubts. Listen to what James has to say in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should pray to God, who will give it to you, because God gives generously and graciously to all. But when you pray, you must believe and not doubt at all. Whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and blown about by the wind. If you are like that, unable to make up your mind and undecided in all you do, you must not think that you will receive anything from the Lord. Before we can be used by God in any great way, we have to deal with the issue of doubt. Joshua had a doubt problem, a problem of self-confidence. He just didn't feel confident about what God wanted him to do for two reasons. One, he was going to be the successor of Moses. And how would you like to be the follower of actor Moses? Moses, whom Deuteronomy says is the greatest man who ever lived. Of course, you would have self-doubt like Joshua. But not only that, God said, Joshua, you are the one who will lead this group of freed slaves who have been running around the desert for 40 years in fear. You are going to lead them into the promised land. But there's only one problem, Joshua. Palestine is inhabited by several enemy nations, all of which are bigger and stronger than you. But you will defeat them. So Joshua had a lot of fear, a lot of doubt. The night before the beginning of the campaign which involved the crossing of the Jordan River at flood stage, God says, Joshua, let me give you a little pep, pep talk. Joshua, the first thing you're going to have to do if I'm to use you is let go of doubt. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, God says, Remember that I have commanded you to be determined and confident. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. And the, the Living Bible puts it like this, Be bold and strong, banish fear and doubt, for remember the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God says, if I'm going to use you, Joshua, the first thing you have to do is to dump your doubts. Uh, someone will say, but that's pretty hard. Uh, no, it isn't. You see, it's not very hard to get rid of your doubts 
Because doubt is a choice. Every time you doubt, you are choosing to doubt. It's a choice like any other attitude. Faith is a choice and and doubt is a choice. So why do we have so many self-doubts about God using us and making us a blessing to the people around us? There are two things that can cause self-doubt in our in our life one is comparing our abilities to others instead of looking to god as we should we look to other people they have more talents they have more abilities they have more experience they have more education they have a better background and on and on we go And the moment you start comparing yourself to other people, then you are going to be filled with self-doubt because you're always going to find people who are much better than you, more gifted than you are, and can do so much more than you can. Sometimes I hear Christians say, I'm just an average person, or I'm just an ordinary person. Well, God is not looking to use perfect people because there are no perfect people. God uses ordinary people. God uses weak people. He uses people with problems. God even uses dysfunctional people. He doesn't want us comparing ourselves to everybody else. He wants us to be our unique self that he has created us to be. The other thing that causes self-doubt is remembering our failures. God doesn't want us focusing on our past mistakes and failures. If you look at your past and all of your mistakes, then you are going to say, God can't use me uh, to be a blessing to others. Look at all the things I've done. People wouldn't listen to me or, or follow me if they knew my background. Most of the great leaders of the Bible did not exactly have sterling resumes. Their past was quite checkered and filled with a lot of bad things. Moses was a murderer before God called him to be a leader. Jacob stole his brother's inheritance and his uncle's sheep. David was an adulterer who had Bathsheba's husband killed. Abraham gave his wife away twice. Paul was a religious terrorist before God saved him. Peter was a hard-driving, hard-cussing fisherman with a hot temper and always putting his foot in his mouth. What I'm saying is God uses people with checkered pasts. Even some people who spent time in the penitentiary for things that they did wrong. God forgave them and God used them with the experiences that they've had in order to be a blessing to others. God says, I don't care where you have been. What matters most is the direction your feet are headed right now. God says, I don't care what your past is. I want to use you. But you must let go of doubt. For doubt will cause you to think that every sin is unforgivable, that every enemy is undefeatable, every sickness is incurable, 
that every burden is unbearable and that every obstacle is unmovable. You see, doubt wants to, us to give up when faith wants us to keep on. Doubt wants us to quit when faith wants us to continue being a blessing. So let go of doubt so that God can use you to serve others and to be a blessing to others. Yes, if you are to be a blessing to others, secondly, look for a promise. Look for a promise. The word promise is a very important word in the life of Joshua, and it's a key to his success. Thirteen times in the book of Joshua, the word promise is used. In Joshua 1.3, God says, I promised Moses I would give you this land, so I will give you every place you go in this land. You see, God cannot lie. If he makes a promise to you, he keeps it. If he says he's going to use you, he will use you. If he says he's going to bless you, he will bless you. And if he says he's going to protect you, he will protect you because God cannot lie. At the end of Joshua's life, many years later, when he was an old man and about to die, He looks back over his life and he sees that they had conquered all of Palestine. In Joshua 23 and verse 24, Joshua says, Soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. So do you want God to use you to be a blessing to others? Then get into the scriptures. Get into your Bible. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. They are like blank checks waiting for you to cash. If you're going to grow in faith, you have to build it on the promises of God. So what does God promise us if we, if we say, I want to be used to be a blessing to others? I want to, you to use me for the purpose for which you have placed me here on earth? He promises three things, all found in Joshua chapter 1. First, he promises strength. In verse 5, God says, no one will be able to stand against you. In other words, what God asks us to do He gives us the power to do. Where he guides, he provides. Second, God promises to give us success. In verse 7, he says, you will be successful. God wants us to succeed in, in serving him. He doesn't want us to be failures. You can count on God that he will make you successful if you are in the center of his will, doing the things that he wants you to do. But third, he promises to give us support. Verse 9, I will be with you wherever you go. God's work done God's way will not lack God's support. God has many promises in the Bible for his children, but we have to discover them. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, God says, Always remember what is written in the book of the teachings. Another version says in the book of the law. 
Study it day and night to be sure to obey everything that is written there. If you do this, you will be wise and successful in everything. That's quite a promise, isn't it? Notice that God, God's promise of success is not based on our ability. It is based on our commitment to his word, to follow his word. God says to do three things. Remember his word, study his word, obey his word. And if we want to be used by God to be a blessing to others, then thirdly, lean on the Lord. Lean on the Lord. Leaning is more than just believing. It means depending on him. What do we do when we lean on something? We are trusting it to hold us up. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, God says, No one will be able to defeat you all your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forget you. As long as Joshua leaned on God, he was undefeatable. He was victorious in every battle he was engaged in as he depended on the Lord and the promise that the Lord had made to him. Four times God says in chapter 1, be confident, do not doubt, be strong, be determined, because we lose our fear when God is near. God says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you or forget you. You can count on me. So the question is, who or what are you leaning on for your strength? What is your source of strength? Are you leaning on the approval of other people for your strength? That is a very shaky foundation. People are going to let you down. Nobody can hold you up all the time because they are human beings. You can't even trust in yourself. Have you discovered that you often let yourself down? You make promises to yourself all the time that you don't keep. You disappoint yourself. So if you say, I'll just depend on me, you will let yourself down. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Solomon says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Leaning on the Lord is sometimes uncomfortable. We have questions. Is he going to come through? Is he going to hold me up? But that's what leaning in faith is all about. You discover that he will hold you up. He'll be there with you. So if you want to be used by God to be a blessing to others and to advance his kingdom, look at number four, launch out in faith. There comes a point in life where you have to stop thinking about what God is calling you to do. You have to stop talking about it, stop discussing it, and even stop praying about it. 
You must step out in faith in spite of your feelings, in spite of your fears and your doubts. It doesn't have to be big, but you do something that shows that faith is um, in your life. Joshua chapter 1, 10 and 11. Then Joshua gave orders to the offices of the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan River and take the land the Lord is giving you. This was the moment of truth. They had to go for it. Once they crossed the Jordan River, they were going to begin the battles to take over the nations. The Jordan River was not a very big river. I visited it twice when I was in the Holy Land. It's only about 100 feet wide and 20 feet deep, except in flood season. You see, in the spring, when all the snow melts off the mountain, it comes into the Jordan River, and it becomes a very dangerous river at that time. The Israelites were right there during flood season. That's typical of God, to put them right there during flood season when everything is looking impossible. The people were asking, how are we going to get across? There aren't any bridges. There aren't any boats. How is Joshua going to get his entire group of people across the Jordan River at flood stage? God says, I'm going to perform a miracle, Joshua. At the Red Sea, I opened the waters and you walked through it. This time, I want you to start walking through it first, and then I will dam the water upstream, and it will recede. But I want you to step in first. This is a test. So the leaders got to the front and began to walk into the water. And God did a miracle by damming up the water 17 miles upstream, and the people crossed over. So the question that I need to ask you is, what is your Jordan River? What is that barrier in your life that looks like you're never going to get around? It's in the way. I can never be used by God because of this. I can never have God's blessing in my life because of this barrier. Or you need to realize that the first step is always the hardest. What do you do when you know something is God's will? You know it is the right thing to do, but you are scared to death to do it. What do you do? You do it anyway. If you know it is the right thing to do, you do it in spite of your fear. You move against your fear. You step out in faith, for faith is sufficient to dissolve your doubts, to dry your tears, to brighten your days, to supply your needs, to enrich your life, and to reward your labors. Faith will give you the willpower to move the unmovable, the, to endure the unendurable, to love the unlovable, to forgive the unforgivable, to bear the unbearable, to face the unfaceable, and to conquer the unconquerable. You see, when you act in faith, you can stay calm in the midst of 
a crisis. You can have peace in the midst of problems. You can press on in the midst of pain. You can experience joy in the midst of sorrow. You can lean heavily on the everlasting arms of God. You can stand firm upon the solid rock of truth. You can walk calmly through the valley of the shadow of death. You can wait expectantly for the answer to your prayers. And you can look lovingly or longingly for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to take us unto himself. Oh, what a fellowship. What a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 10.30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.